Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, Edge Mobility System, and the Eclectic Approach. My new co-host, Dr. Dana Palmer of Modern Rehab Mastery Mentoring, is uh, filling in for Dr. Andrew Rothschild. And uh, Andrew, sometime we'll be back whenever his schedule frees up, but for now, you guys should enjoy Dana's story that she uh, gave me a little preview of. So you have a story for us, right? I do. It's um, it's a it's a little bit of a fail story. We in the the modern patient education with Andrew, we've been talking a lot about um, pain science and words matter and 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 how you talk to your patients about persistent pain. And it sort of reminded me of the story I had with a patient I saw a few months ago. She was in maybe her early 60s. She came to me about four or five months after a greater tuberosity fracture. She had fallen, uh, she'd slipped on ice that was on her steps and fallen. Um, she was put in a sling for six weeks. Um, she had no PT up to this point, but she did have pain management, um, and they injected her shoulder, which was no effect. She comes to me, and she's in a lot of pain. She's very frustrated and emotional about why she's still in pain about why she hasn't seen PT yet, why her doctor didn't refer her or mention PT yet. Um, she's rating her pain at a constant 10 on 10. Um, no, no give there. After a long conversation about the pain scale, I got her to budge and say 9 out of 10 at rest and 10 out of 10 with any movement. That was the best <laughs> I could. That's all she would give me. Um, I'm already she, thinking uh, this is a patient that would be difficult. Yeah, and yeah. she's she was very emotional, very anxious, afraid. Um, she had a lot of stiffness and pain in her elbow and wrist as well because even once the sling was gone, she sort of just braced her arm against her body. The exam was really difficult. She didn't want to move at all. She was very emotional. I couldn't get a lot out of her. She was very hypersensitive to light touch over her traps all the way down to her elbow. Um, we did a lot of talking about how that is a you know, not a normal reaction to light touch and how she's just sensitized with that. Um, so the, initially, there was very little I could do with her. So we started with some desensitization. Um, we did light touch, different strokes. I taught her husband how to do it with her at home. We did isometrics to just sort of get her activating some muscles. And, and, and we did uh, range of motion on the contralateral side. And then I had her visualize moving her sore side. Um, each time she was focused on, we would do one thing and she'd say, yes, but it still hurts. Why does it still hurt? This isn't normal. I've, I've, um, I have a high pain tolerance. I've had a lot of pain in my life. This is different. And I sort of had to dial her back from that each time. Um, as you know, in a higher volume clinic, I get maybe 15 to 20 minutes with this person each session. And she required a lot of one-on-one -on -one and a lot of hands-on. I couldn't really leave her to do anything because she wouldn't do it or it, it would hurt too much or whatever. Um, so finally, after a few weeks of this and some pain science, I used uh, Greg Lehman's cup analogy. We talked about all the other factors that could be contributing to her pain because now at this point, she's five and a half or more months after her fracture, which has 
you know, been healed and, and we talk about tissue healing times and what's normal for bones and normal for tissues. Um, and she was sort of buying into that a lot. She wasn't sleeping much because she was in pain, but also because she was afraid. Is, how long is my arm going to hurt? Is it always going to hurt? So she'd get very little sleep at night. Uh, she was very focused on the incident. She couldn't even walk past her stairs and look at them without thinking about it. Never mind walk down them. She thought, why wasn't the ice cleared? Why didn't I step differently? Why did I go out that morning? And she was just focused on this months later. She couldn't stop thinking about it. So I spent a lot of time telling her, your bone has healed. It's been five, six months. You're fine. This is, you know, she had had other pain management uh, and her regular physician tell her, not so much it's in her head, but it's a little bit. There's no reason for her to be hurting. You're fine. There's no reason. And so I had to really tread lightly because she, what she needed from me was to be heard. And like, yes, I'm experiencing this pain. Yes, it is real. At the same time, I'm trying to work through how she can manage it. I ended up finding her some cognitive behavioral therapy resources that she could go to locally and I talked to her about the benefits of that with persistent pain. I think that came across as you need therapy. Unfortunately, she she said she was going <laughs> I know, she said she was going to look into it. Um, you know, and each time we talked about the hey, like you can move this much further now or or you can do this. One time she handed me a gift and she reached out and handed it to me with her sore arm and she had more movement than I had ever seen in the clinic and she didn't even think about it. And I don't think she was faking it. I think it's because she wasn't thinking about it. She wasn't yeah. thinking I'm moving my arm. She's like, here, I want to give you this Did gift. you mention that? I did. I said, look how far you just reached out. And, and she was like, oh yeah, well. And it was sort of like, well, now it's hurting and now it's going to be sore. Um... In any case, I think her doctor told her, you know, go to PT for four weeks and come back and see me. And so she did. And when she went back, he ordered an MRI, which found a rotator cuff tear. And he also ordered a CT because I guess he's thinking like this this long after and, you know, the x-ray had showed healed. Turns out not only was her fracture not healed, it was displaced. <laughs> and so she, and she needed surgery. Mm -hmm. so she calls to tell me and cancel her other visits and she was very sweet about it she wasn't upset and like you told me I was fine which I was that's what I was thinking on yeah the you, you could have been <laughs> right you could have been uh that could have gotten really I could have got an earful yeah. right yeah. but I think that I spent so much time with her she told me you've talked to me more and spent more time with me than anyone else she really latched on to me even the first couple even visits. in your uh super busy caseload right, yeah. right? like yeah. she even with that caseload and isn't that a sad state of affairs that I'm told that even you know right. getting 20 minutes with her I'm told yeah. oh you spend more time with me um so I think we had a really strong therapeutic alliance and she trusted me you know, so in the end, it worked out good, and she just wanted to let me know because I think she felt too that I was working so hard for her. I would want to know yeah. the solution to like, hey, what was this after all this sure. this crazy high level of pain? Now, I don't think, you know, that's very well. It wasn't a healed fracture. That still doesn't explain constant ten out of ten, no matter what, and all the emotion that goes along with it. You know, I think there, those factors did still come into play. You know, she couldn't even look at her stairs. Um, yeah, that's. There's no easy solution for that. I mean. Someone who's that traumatized, essentially. Well, you know, not CBT. even being able to look at the stairs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I think that I well, and I. I but, but she does need therapy. She does know? need she, therapy. She I know, but like, that, there's such a stigma associated with that, and right. so I. I That's a, I worry that no one she, wants to admit that, not for pain. Exactly, and so going forward, I worry that she'll, 
you know, not carry, put as much weight into the things we talked about and the things that she bought into because she's like, oh, no, no, it actually was still broken. That It wasn't all that other stuff. None yeah. of that matters. You know? And maybe, she, you know what, maybe like uh, having that validation of the CT and the MRI also because she had a rotator cuff tear and right. getting all this repaired, maybe she feels 100% better. So I was thinking that too, like maybe this will be the thing, like, oh, that's all it was. And yeah. now if I've had surgery to fix me, mm-hmm. my air quotes, fix me, then you know, it'll, and I hope so. And I, you know, I, I don't know, uh, how that'll turn out because I think also sometimes people with that, um, high sensitivity and yeah. pain catastrophizing don't do well with surgery, <laughs> no. you know, and, and then coming out of that, not to mention she already hasn't been moving her arm very much for five to six months going right. into surgery with basically a tight capsule. Yeah. 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 You don't think she'd be receptive to the study that Andrew reviewed recently? Um, um, <laughs> Journal Common Sense <laughs> that showed the placebo shoulder surgery did just as well as uh, not. She probably wouldn't have been receptive to that. But uh, no, maybe. Well, she'd say for someone else, but my CT yeah, shows right. it's I've got a piece of bone floating around. Because everyone's special. <laughs> well, right? It's not me. I'm not the twenty percent or the ten percent. We talked about that in our uh, our chat last night with the Modern Pain Education Group, and. Uh, you know, like 70% of people are going to be fine or whatever stat yeah. you want to but show. But everyone always say, thinks. But I'm the 30%. Because yeah, everyone's special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's, I mean, I hope you found out an update. I know that um, you're going out with your coworkers, so maybe they'll be able to tell you an update. Yeah. I, you know, I'd like to kind of hear how that ended up with her. I think what it taught me was generally as a clinician I try not to say indefinite to talk in definites you know in absolutes it could be this it could be that because we don't know you know no. even imaging doesn't tell us really exactly what's going on but in this one instance I was so sure I'm like you're five months out you're totally fine let's just talk this out of you let's mm-hmm. just modify mm-hmm. our thoughts <laughs> yeah just and, like that yeah and it's, I'm just gonna talk it right out of you <laughs> in 20 minutes <laughs> yep and that 20 minutes a couple of times a week will just totally overdo all your ruminating thoughts you have exactly. day in and day out, even at night. Oh, boy, someone like that, I just, I feel for her, you know? Yeah, and she's such a sweet lady, you know? Yeah. She's bringing me gifts, and, and, and she was very grateful for the time I spent with her. Mm-hmm. If any of you guys out there actually have any studies, because Dana and I were wondering about this earlier today, too, you know, it, was she like this prior to her injury, like a kind of Debbie Downer that we were talking mm-hmm. about, or does does something that strong traumatize someone to the point where they have the high fear avoidance only afterward? I mean, I, I haven't, I don't know if I've ever read a study like that and you haven't mm, either, no. right? Um, I do know that certain things like the best predictor of a good outcome after a total knee operation is not like strength or range of motion. It's one of the things I always ask my course, is it strength, is it range of motion? People are always guessing things like that, prior function but it's um, level of fear avoidance prior to the surgery. So I think it's been looked at in other things, you know, and maybe um, post for post-ops, but yeah, I mean, I just, everyone kind of knows someone who's in generally negative and what happens right. to that person when they finally get injured. Right, is it chicken or the egg? Yeah. yeah. Over the weekend in El Paso, someone actually told me it's, it, you know, that's a ridiculous question because it's not like God, he's like, God made the chicken. <laughs> 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 like God made a bunch of eggs and then they hatched. <laughs> like, oh, that makes sense. It makes sense. I never heard it that way. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for uh, coming and uh, filling in for Andrew again. You're no a problem. regular now. Um, 
Make sure to subscribe. If you like this, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Check out Modern Rehab Mastery, of which Dana is a mentee currently. Maybe she'll eventually she'll be faculty. That's our online three months with three mentors featuring modern patient education, modern strength training, and modern manual therapy by me, Dr. E. Also, check out all my products on edgemobilitysystem.com. If you use the code THANKS10, you get 10% off of any product. We have ISTM, BFR, online seminars, and more. Everything for the fitness pro and rehab professional. Um, also, share our podcast, untoldphysiostories.com. Check us out on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And as always, you guys have a great day.